Welcome to the Make You Famous podcast, where host Jeffrey Goldsmith talks with guests about fame and how to achieve it. I'm your host, Jeffrey Goldsmith, and check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. Anthony Pietromonico is a Hollywood-based filmmaker who just released an unofficial Star Wars fan film. He studied something completely different at the University of Pittsburgh, and we met through an ad for a video maker on Craigslist. How random is that? Welcome, Anthony. Hey, Jeff. Hey. So, amazing. I mean, we must have met seven or eight years ago. I, I can't remember exactly when I was at Catalog Spree. Yeah, um, about seven years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you um, come quite far. I mean, you, at the time, I didn't know it, but that was kind of your first client gig, right? One of them, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you did a great job. And, I, and now you've released the Star Wars fan film. Yeah, it's been quite a ride. I never um, went to film school or anything, so a lot of the experience that I got, especially at the offset, was by responding to any anyone who would hire me. You know, right. So Craigslist, local connections, uh, worked with a lot of restaurants and small businesses and just uh, things to keep the lights on. And now, you know, gotten a little better at it, so trying to do more ambitious things, and here we are. Right. You know, uh, Woody Allen said 90% of success is showing up. I believe that's, that's probably true. I mean, I think the other side of that is who you know, right? Who are you showing up for? So as long as you keep networking, I think. Uh, I remember one thing you told me, actually, um, was that people like can do. And that that was a, a strength whenever I didn't have necessarily the experience. So I, I did, that, that resonated with me, and it still does. Uh, it was something I tried to keep in mind, just trying to get it to work. Yeah, I mean, if someone asks for something crazy and you say, I'll figure it out, and then you do, that's amazing. That, that, that puts you above 90% or 95% of other people who might have gotten the gig, you know? Yeah, and, and the reality is that I think most people, whenever they're trying to do something for the first time, I mean, the difference between a professional and I'm not professional, I guess, the professional is paid for it. It doesn't necessarily uh, mean that they've done it before. Like, you have to say yes to things that you have no business doing and figuring them out if you want to advance. Otherwise, you would never do anything. I was just spent the weekend with my uncle, who's a lithographer. He's, he's done, like, stone lithos for many famous artists. And he told me about one of his early prints, where there's these crazy bubbles and he had been asked to do something he'd never done before. And he started out, but he figured it out. And it was just like a sweating bullets moment, <laughs> but everybody has to do those. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you're not terrified to be doing something, then you're probably um, stagnating or, or not doing something that you should be. A lot of people don't know this, a vast majority of humanity and, and people have ambitions to make star Wars movies or, do TV commercials or make feature films, but they have no idea the kind of risks they need to take to do that. Right. And, you know, it's not to say that that, that works out all the time either. You know, you, you're going to fail like horribly and, and there's going to be massive setbacks and everything, but uh, you have, you need those failures. You need, if you don't fail, then you'll, you'll learn infinitely more from a failure than a success. And if you're not failing, then you're not growing. You know? Yeah. It, that, that's like, a, it's a cliche, but it's true. If you're not failing, you're not growing. It's one of those yeah. things you hear and you're like, oh yeah, sure, I know that. But actually practicing that's a whole nother matter, right? 
Yeah, especially when it doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so let's talk about the success first, and then we can talk about some massive failures, if you want to. You know, I, look, I interviewed Timothy Leary at one point, totally details magazine, which doesn't exist anymore, rejected it because he was just a cranky fucker on the phone with me. And I was like, there's no way they were going to publish it. Some of the, you know, some of these interviews with great people did work out, but that one didn't. That was a huge disappointment on, on you know, 30 years ago for me. It's not quite 30, but it's getting there. Um, <laughs> so tell me, 25 years ago. So tell me about this film. Like, how did you, how does one go about making an unofficial Star Wars fan film without George Lucas and his lawyers losing their minds? Like, what? I, I couldn't believe it when I saw you'd done this. Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I spoke with a friend of mine who actually works at Disney and uh, associated with Lucasfilm. And it's a, it's a huge gray area. You know, you're kind of sticking your neck out there and uh, you're using a property that you have no ownership of and, and there is a risk that you could get a cease and desist. And that's something that we knew going into it. Um, the reason that you would do something like that is because, because of the internet, there's a connection between content creators, especially narrative content creators, and an audience that never existed before. Uh, there used to be these huge roadblocks in between getting people to see your stuff. And right now, if you want to, um, you can get in touch with those people. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, Star Wars fans are also the most critical audience that there is out there. I think George Lucas himself said that no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Um, and I don't think it means, he means that they actually hate it. I think he means that, that, you know, Star Wars has like a spiritual quality to it. I think that's why it's gotten... Um, to be this just the biggest property in media. You know, mm -hmm. It's the largest franchise out there. And we knew that. And this isn't the first time that we've made a fan film either. We've gotten season assists before. We, we did one for Naughty Dogs, The Last of Us. That was something we did about five years ago. That was the first time that I had done a fan film. And the reason uh, that we did that fan film and the reason that we did this one was because we don't just want to make content for content's sake. We want people to see what we're doing. We want people to be able to engage with it and respond to it. And we want people to hold it to a higher standard. So I'm a commercial director uh, by trade. That's how I, I keep my lights on. Uh, that's something that I've another side of my career that I've been developing for a long time. And, you know, a lot of the people that I work with get paid to make content, but it's not content that they are passionate about. It's not content that they care about. You know, we wanted to do something that was stylistic and really gave us the opportunity to like flex our creative muscles for all of those reasons. You know, that's, that's why we chose to do the star Wars fan film. We actually just tacked it on to the end of a, another shoot that we had where I was able to pay the crew and have the gear and you know, the, you pay for this stuff uh, oftentimes at least the gear side uh, on a weekly rental. So we had like two days at the end of the week where we didn't have to pay for the cameras and the lights and stuff. And so we were like, Let's just make this other thing. You know, it was premeditated. I'd been in, in, in develop. I knew I was going to do this. I was just waiting for the right opportunity. But uh, I had written the script you know, a year prior. I had a storyboard, so then we, we just pulled the trigger. So that's a long-winded way of answering your question, I think. Well, I mean, there's a lot in what you've just said. I mean, you know, first of all, fame by association is a great strategy to become famous, right? You're associating yourself with pre-existing content or pre-existing people like 
I'm interviewing you, so I have a relationship with you in the media. You know, if, right. if, if you did a film with such and such a celebrity, that helps bolster the value of your film because people already know who that celebrity is. So there's this association um, with other people and so, or other um, franchises as it were. So by doing a fan film, you're tapping into this existing base of people who are interested in Star Wars. But what yeah. you, you've also said is uh, a famous Japanese novelist uh, once said to me, his name is Nakagami Kenji. He's, he's since died. He said, you have to, I asked him, so how did you write this epic novel? It was like Dostoevsky meets Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It was like a thousand pages. He said, you must steal the time. And you know, you, what you've done is you've, when you say you, you tacked on this shoot to another shoot, you already had the equipment. You, that's the same thing, right? It's like skirting the system to make what you want to make affordably because people are like how do i afford to get this equipment and get the sounds and get the actors and get that you just explained how you did it right you're in the process of making movies right you just well yeah movies i mean you know there was also an expense too you know like all the original stuff there i mean we i think the total but i don't know did i say that i mean the total budget on it was probably like ten thousand dollars all things considered um but that was over the course of like a year and a half. But that's cheap for what you, you know, for a, what, is it a 10 minute movie? I just, I just watched it this morning. Yes, yeah, it's, it's 10 minutes. Um, and then, you know, the, the post work um, on it was, you know, I, I did most of that. So it's, right, you're talking about hours and hours and hours and hours. Exactly. But you're an editor. So, so that's, so that translates to at a thousand dollars a minute, you could make a ninety-minute feature for a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, I could. Okay, well there you go. And this is what Roger Corman set people. You know, he would like fund Coppola, etc. Way back in the beginning. Here, here's a robotic crocodile. Here's a chicken in a bikini. Have at it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's how it works. Exactly. Yeah. So that I mean. I don't need to ask you, do you have less, you know, do you have any, any words of advice for other people trying to do this? I think you've already done a Dharma transmission of that, right? You know, can do, show up, you know, take risks. And if you're already shooting something, tack what you want to do onto that, you know, pre-existing um, infrastructure. Right. And I think more importantly than those things too, um, is to do something that you're personally very excited or invested in. Um, I once was uh, in a, the audience of listening to some other director talk, and he was just a guy that was pitching uh, you know, some studios. Uh, there's an inherent value in being excited about something. It's the one thing that is worth more, I think, than money. It's worth. Uh, it's the one thing that people, at least in Hollywood, are searching for. And capitalizing on frequently if you are excited about something whether it's star wars or you know social injustice or you know uh, something that's just completely random you know I, I think you have the ability to, to pass that on to somebody else you have the ability uh, through media whether it's us talking right now or whatever like that excitement is is currency it's it's extremely valuable so find what you're excited about 
and then just broadcast it as best you can. I mean, it's, yeah. that's the best advice I think I could give to anybody yeah. and the best advice that was ever given. I, I think that that's true because it's like the road is long. Uh, Henry James, the 19th century novelist said, art is, life is short and art is long. So if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to be able to go the distance. There's no way. I mean, yeah. I've been writing for years. And it's like you get rejected, you get successes. It's up and down all the time. My aunt and uncle, I was just, just visiting them. They just moved from Chicago to Kenosha, Wisconsin. And they're still at it, you know, decades and decades later. If they weren't passionate about it, they'd be accountants. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I, I was just talking to some a producer that works for uh, Morgan Freeman's production company too. And one of the metrics that they look at whenever you're looking at big movies is, mm-hmm. am I willing to work on this for the next seven years? And then they ask themselves, even if this didn't work out in, at the end of seven years, would it have been worth the journey to keep working on it for that long regardless? And I think if the answer to that question is yes, whatever it is that you're doing is probably a worthwhile endeavor. That's fair because because a lot of times projects don't work out, and it's like it's it's the journey. A friend of mine once said, "Are you learning?" I was complaining about some something I was working on. It was just painful, and he was like, "Are you learning?" And I was like, "Yeah." So he's he's like, "Well, then it's worth doing because seven years to end in failure, you might have learned a lot." Your cat's bright. There, there. There's your cat. Yeah, he's getting annoyed. Your cat videos. No one's made a. No one's made a Benji for cats. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so let's. So so it's it's Benji meets Puss in Boots. <laughs> we'll get Antonio Banderas to play the voice and. Uh, Success in the making, for sure. Or someone who sounds remarkably like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Andy Garcia. <laughs> oh, who else? And then uh, Marissa Tomei could play. <laughs> Christopher Walken could be like the father figure. You know. Christopher Walken. Love that guy. You know, you know who I want to interview for this and I haven't pitched him yet is uh, John Waters. I met him in New York years ago. I need to get on that. I think he would <laughs> offer some very funny advice. He once said, the one thing they don't teach you in film school is how to raise the money. Oh my God, isn't that the truth? I mean, not that I went to film school, but that is the hardest part for sure. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the process right now of raising money for horror, like a horror film art. It'll be our first feature most likely. Um, and gotten pretty far way down the line, but that is just brutal. That is the worst <laughs> asking people for money. Well, but the question is, is if you work on it for seven years, if it fits. You know, so how much money do you need, Anthony? The budget, the target budget for this particular project is about $500,000. And if all goes well, uh, a production company will match half and we'll have a, a private investor who will bring half. At least that's the discussion that we're having. And, um, and all signs point to yes right now, but we just need to finish the script, which is yeah. pretty far away down the line to be included. Okay. So, I mean, you said a little while ago you could make a movie for uh, $1,000 a minute, and now it's $10,000 a minute, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it's the difference isn't what I can make it for. I mean, in reality, the, the production budget will be $1,000 a minute, but then you've got these inflated 
I mean, I don't say inflated, very justified uh, salaries of stars. Right. Um, that legitimate, you know? Yep. There's stars, there's insurance, there's catering, there's lighting. It, it, there's so many line items in all of this. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, though, I think, is when you write a script, if you put words on a page, the camera and the lighting and the locations and the crew tend to just show up. I'm not saying that they're easy to find, but if you're excited about something, you can get somebody else excited about it. You can get those things. They will always materialize. It's those paycheck items, the stars, uh, and those other people who are unwilling to do something based on the merits of passion and excitement. You know, that's, that's where things get expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I, 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 I'm convinced seeing what you've done over the past seven years that you're going to do it. Yeah. I, Thanks for listening and be sure to check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. 